Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Podcast. It is your host, David McCaig Jr. The Game Sports Podcast is powered by 91 Network, 91N. Head on over to the 91 Network YouTube channel to check out all recent episodes, video versions of the Game Sports Podcast, as well as other content providers on the platform. If you're listening to the Game Sports Podcast on Spotify, Apple, or any other audio platform, make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on those, as well as, again, a reminder, 91N, a simple like, simple comment, simple subscribe, or a simple five-star rating goes a long way for us here on the Game Sports Podcast, as well as 91N. And speaking of 91N, if you're currently doing a podcast and you want to join the community that is of 91N, if you're either based in Sault Ste. Marie, the Algoma region, or outside the Sioux, it doesn't matter. Reach 91NetworkSSM at gmail.com. Or if you're interested in doing a podcast, need some help how to get that started, and when you do get started, you want it aired on the platform, simply email 91NetworkSSM at gmail.com to have your content aired. Again, the Game Sports Podcast is powered by 91N. This is the technically are supposed to be second edition of the week or the Wednesday edition of the week. Doesn't matter whatever way you look at it as a viewer or a listener. So we do have a sponsor on the show, but it's not until the second segment. And we do only have one upload that we are doing this week because we did have multiple uploads last week as well as our special edition with James Sabalski finally got uploaded and a lot of great interaction on TikTok for that as well as Instagram and the social medias. And again, if you're on TikTok or social media, that simple like or follow goes a long way. I'm going to introduce the one who's joining yours truly for the first segment. And then after we introduce this beautiful fellow, I'll get to the agenda of tonight's show. The one and only Dane Hantro. Daner. Mick Daner. How's it going, my friend? Connor, Connor McDaner. Yeah, my, my, my Red Lake nickname. It's going wonderful. I, I had you over last night for the big game last night. And um, Edmonton actually got the W in, uh, in Edmonton, which is been few and far between against the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, so it was good to see it continue that uh, that winning streak up to eleven, and we got four easy games uh, on the schedule coming up here, so maybe we'll get that to fifteen. See, there, there's two reasons that Dane is probably a little extra happy. One, of course, the Oilers did beat the Maple Leafs, and that's that's a rare occasion for when I watch a game with him, and he'll he'll attest to that. It's it's very true. But he's also in a very good mood because his Edmonton Oilers have won 11 in a row, and they had a start to the season that was abysmal. Awful start. Very bad. And if you're an Oiler fan, there there was obviously the right time they had their little funk because now they are hot. And, of course, if you're a Toronto fan, you might have woke up a little bit upset this morning. But besides that point... The Toronto Maple Leafs did play the Edmonton Oilers last night. We're going to get into that. And now that actually seg- segues me nicely into the agenda. I got a little topic I'm going to address first that's actually outside of hockey. We're going to talk about Pascal Siakam as his news that's just broken just a few hours ago. I'm going to give you a little bit of insight on that and a little bit of reaction. As well as when we transition back to the hockey world, we're going to talk about Mitch Marner. And we're also going to talk about Perhaps some other news that may have come up with that game that happened between the Oilers and Leafs last night. Uh, but continuing with hockey, we're going to talk about the NHL All-Star jerseys. Look, we know it's been talked about, but we're going to give our opinions on it. Uh, if you're on video, you saw my face reaction there. And then Dane and I are going to talk about changing draft rules. And it's something that I put on the script, per se. So it's not really Dane's approval to have it on there. But we're going to have it on there and chat about it. We did plan to talk fantasy hockey today. But since Alex Parr is not joining us, we're going to table that. And we're going to put that to the side to our Monday edition next week. But 
to finish off the first segment after those other topics are touched on, we are finally going to introduce the redraft segment. Everyone has been asking when we talk about hockey or with top shelf segment or when we had it as a podcast, what is the shtick? What is that one thing that we're going to bring to the segment that's a little bit different? Just like how in the pocket, which is our second segment, is going to has the pick'em segment. But we finally found what the shtick per se is going to be. And it's going to take about 42 episodes to go through all of them. So I would call that a shtick. Uh, we're going to be redrafting the NHL drafts that have happened. But we're going to start from 1980. We're not going to start from 1963. We don't want to go that far back. We're going to go from 1980 and up. And we're going to do a top five redraft, Dane and I. Very excited about that. And as I mentioned in the second segment, that is the entirety of the first segment only. The second segment we will have in the pocket. And we do plan to have EJ Russell and Justin Heichel joining yours truly to talk football. And football is a little, uh, is quite, is quite the topics we can get to. And I know Dane won't be taking part of those. And Dane is a Michigan fan. And I'm sure he is still very happy what happened a few weeks ago. Go blue. I will say that even though it's an I, I still, I still don't saying. know how to deal with it, right? I'm, I'm <laughs> not used to any of my sports teams winning, so it's uh, it still almost seems surreal. But uh, yeah, national champions, it was uh, it's a beautiful moment. Oh, I imagine. I imagine you can think of your teams that have won, and if you're me, taking off my host hat, being a Toronto fan, I've seen the Raptors win, and I have seen the Steelers win twice. So that that's nice. There's a couple other outstanding teams that have to do it, and you're still not running. The Oilers have won a little bit in their lifetime, but it's before our time. Dan and I are both 91 birth years. Just I don't know if Dan wants me to say that, but I did. We're we're getting older, but that's what I mean. We're getting older, but we still haven't seen wins from our teams that we cheer on. But back to the show, Siakam. Okay, so. Pascal Siakam, the news broke today that he was traded. A few a few episodes ago, a few weeks ago, whatever way you want to look at it. And on TikTok, I had a prediction about Pascal Siakam getting traded to the to the Sacramento Kings. And I thought that was a good pick because of who they could have targeted uh, from a young perspective and picks. And I think it would have been a little bit more attractive to try to get those first round picks. All right. Now, the only team in, in the league that I feel like that can throw away some first-round picks if they want to try to bring in some more talent is the Oklahoma City Thunder. The guys, the team the team has so many picks. It, it is ridiculous. I gave an absolutely astronomical amount to Dane yesterday when we were talking, and I'm not going to go get the exact number. But the Raptors here, when you trade Pascal Siakam, bringing in a good piece that could be effective as well as getting some future assets, I think was smart. And let me tell you something about Masai Ujiri. Masai Ujiri is Masai. Okay, trust the process. He is, and Dane's going to be on the other end of this, probably going to get a little bit of a smile. He is one of very few that have brought a championship to Toronto. Okay, the last time there's been championships in color was the Toronto Blue Jays in 92-93. Okay, with Beeston and Cito Gaston. Let's let's get some names. Okay, other championships went to the Toronto Argonauts. Okay, that's not the same as hockey. All right. The, the Maple Leafs won when there was six teams in the league, and it was color. The color television was barely just coming. All right, so uh, Masai Ujiri put a team together with the Raptors. He believed in a core, but he stepped away from that core. Little hint: stepped away from that core, brought in someone who was just put them over the top. And in that trade, what he brought in was not just Kawhi Leonard, Potal picks, or moved out picks as such. He brought in the trophy. <laughs> And that, that is worth it. And in Toronto, when it comes to the Raptors, there's been movement. Obviously, Nurse moving on and, and Masai moving up in the organization. Webster now the GM. There's been some patience required by Raptors fans. But let's just say how it is. 
the Raptors have been very consistent for the past 12, 15 years. They've made the playoffs consistently. They've done well consistently. They just ran into somebody named LeBron James. I'm sure you've heard of him. Second place to Michael Jordan. In fact, it's what I'll still stand by that. But still somebody who that ran into a they ran into a very hot team. Then they made the finals. No one had them against Golden State, but some injuries on Golden State happened. The Raptors won. Masai traded Pascal Siakam to the Indiana Pacers for Bruce Brown, Jordan Rora, and three first-round picks. And the New Orleans Pelicans were also involved in this deal. Uh, and Kara Lewis also goes over to the Raptors. Now, I'm not going to get into di- to dissecting stats of Siakam or with, uh, with Rora or with um, Bruce Brown or even Lewis. What I see of this as is obviously Bruce Brown is a core piece of that for the, from the Indiana Pacers going the other way. But those three first-round picks is what I'm looking at. And Masai Ujiri has went off the board a little bit on his first-round picks. He's used those picks to bring in assets, and he's been risky with those picks. What I want to tell Raptors fans, look, if you're looking at something from a statistic perspective, just go look on Sportsnet, go look on TSN, go look on ESPN, NBA.com. Go look up those stats. I'm not going to read them. You can pull that up on your phone yourself, okay? But what I'm going to tell you right now is the Raptors did part ways with somebody who's a part of that core in the championship. And Boucher is the only guy remaining from that championship. But... Times have changed. The Raptors are in a different direction. They're still a team that could be competitive. They brought in quickly. They brought in Barrett. Love those moves. They've been really good since they brought them in. Now they bring in picks. Look, Masai Ujiri knows what he's doing. And this is what everyone knew what was coming. Everyone knew Siakam was getting traded. The reaction's not negative online. Not saying it is. Some people are questioning the return. Brown is a good piece coming back, but those three first-round picks is what has me going, especially as a multi-sports mind. Asset management, what you can do with those picks, having a good draft. The NBA is very different than in the NHL, than with the MLB, especially in other leagues, the NFL. But the NBA, those picks, you can move up in the draft. You can move up to get another player, a younger guy, bring in. They've got an asset for Siakam assets for Siakam for somebody who wasn't a part of their future plans. This was a good move for the Raptors. I think it was a win trade for the Raptors. And guess what? And Dane will agree to this. Time will tell on what turns out those first round picks to be. If it turns out to be success, that will be the slam dunk pun intended to show that the Raptors won this trade, but to get talent, you need to trade a lot of assets and Indiana did give up a little bit here, a little bit extra than I thought they would get, but those three first round picks, I, I applaud Masai Ujiri for that. And the other assets bring in, such as Brown, Wara, Lewis, others, etc. This is a win trade for the Raptors. It's good for now, good for the future. Are the Raptors done moving? I can't see them being too much, really that much more active. Uh, but again, trust the process with Masai and whatever he does, believe in what he's doing. I doubted him when he sat, when he drafted Scotty Barnes. Oof, was I wrong. <laughs> Was I wrong? He knows what he's doing, and the return for Siakam is great. And, Dane, the only comment I want to get for you from this is the asset management perspective. You're looking at a trade, and you bring in first-round picks. Every draft is different. But to bring in picks for a star player that is not in your long-term plans, and Bruce Brown, good player. We don't have to get into him as a player. But I think those picks were very important for the Raptors to get. Yeah, for sure. I'm Again, not a big basketball guy, but I do believe there's – Two rounds in the NBA draft. I could be wrong. Maybe three. You got it. You good. You got so, it. I mean, obviously the Utah Jazz are, I'm assuming, one of the better teams in the league. Um, or a player, at least if they're trading for a quality player like Pascal Siakam. So Pacers. Let's 
Oh, sorry. Pacers, you're good. Indiana we were Pacers. talking Utah before. It's all good. The Pacers. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Indiana Pacers. I, I know that team. Um, <laughs> regardless, yeah, I, I mean, I guess it depends on the quality of the draft position, right? So yeah. you're trading for a guy like Pascal Siakam. They're a playoff-bound team. You're probably looking at three first-rounders potentially that are going to be on the outside of the uh, the top uh, half of the draft in the first round, right? But, again, you got three chances to – you know, maybe draft a player that's overlooked by a bunch of other teams and turns into a superstar, right? So I think, you know, Toronto got their championship. Kawhi didn't want to come back. We kind of held on to this idea that I think, you know, the Raptors were going to still be able to be, you know, productive and, and, and contest for a championship, which just has not been the case. So I think it's good. I think I think it's time to go full rebuild. I think Raptors fans are, you know, I, I know that championship was, what, four years ago now, five years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think Raptors fans are probably willing to be patient and, and, and just do the rebuild right. Stock up on draft picks, you know, build your, find your guy, build around him and and go from there. So I, I don't think there's any rush. Um for the Raptors organization to, to, you know, try to get better very quickly, which obviously, as we know, in, in, in rebuilds, if you don't stay on track, it's can become a bit of a shit show. So I think uh, I, I like to trade again, not a big basketball guy, but I think three first rounders for one guy <laughs> on paper, it looks amazing. So. <laughs> And like I said, and as Dane, I threw Dane under the bus by doing by throwing him into basketball just to loop him in. So the the thing, the thing is with Pascal Siakam, it's it's a good move, and us understanding the asset management, the picks, those are very important. And could they have got more? Let us know below. If you think they got too much, Indiana paid too much. Let us know below. Comment below. Interact. It'll probably be me answering, not Dane, but Dane will definitely sit back and watch the interactions and maybe give his little jabs to you after. But, Dane, I want to say I put you on the spot on purpose, and people can call me at the deck below if they want. Totally okay. They're totally allowed to do that. But that was a good answer. You did good. You did good. The only mishap was the Utah Jazz. You can't can't go wrong. We were talking Utah yesterday at your house, so hey, I think I have it in your mind. They're an actual NBA team. So. <laughs> it's not like you said the the Flint Tropics. Okay, it was good little fun to Jackie Moon. Now let's get into hockey. All right, there's extra love for Pascal Siakam, Mitch Marner, Dane. Take it. Give the comments. What 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 Mitch Marner? Okay. Revamp. The Leafs lost to the Oilers last night. The Leafs lost their fourth in a row. It's January 17th, the day of this recording. The Leafs lost the Oilers January 16th at Rogers Place in um, in, uh, in Edmonton. Beautiful arena, by the way. The, the Mitch Marner and the Leafs brass, meaning the players and the, pl- and the coaches, all had their post games. And Mitch Marner had his comments, and they caught some hot water today with fans. And, of course, if you're a Toronto fan, if you like to watch Steve Dangle, there's a little free plug to Steve Dangle. He reacted about it. Fans in general, if you're a Toronto fan, you've been quite active on social media. And I may have a little comment about Toronto fans in this segment if I have time, or I might save it for par when he's here. But, Dane, what did Mitch Marner feel like he had to say after the loss yesterday? Well, I'll try to summarize what he said. Um, I'll start with... I, I... 
I, I don't think Leafs fans are really looking for excuses right now. And Mitch Marner gave a lot of excuses. Um, I will say that last night was a terrific hockey game on both sides of the puck. I think either team could have won that game. Again, Toronto gets out to the early lead. Um, and I mean, like, the first five minutes of the game, I'm like, oh, I've seen the song and dance before. I'm like, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be the team that, you know, breaks their 10-game winning streak. Here we go again. But the difference between Toronto and Edmonton right now is the resiliency, or resiliency, I can't even talk right now, that the Oilers <laughs> have. Yeah, that word. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I usually am able to pronounce that well. But anyways... <laughs> So, yeah, the, the, the Oilers have been able to fall back in games and, and trusting their process. And, you know, it's it's not the dry side of McDavid need to, you know, spend, you know, time on the ice, you know, plus one-minute shifts and go out there and try to score a gazillion goals. Just trusting the process, getting down, you know, one nothing, 2 nothing, and, and, and not – switching your game plan and going from, you know, actually playing some structured defensive hockey and capitalizing on the chances that are given to you. Whereas the Leafs get out to these leads and, and, and they can't hold them. Right. Like I, there, there was multiple opportunities where Stewie kept us in the game last night where he made some really big saves. And, you know, that was the difference between a two nothing lead to a three nothing lead. And I mean, Three goal leads in Toronto, I mean, haven't always been the best. So I don't know if that was better or worse. Yikes. But Yikes. yeah. So, anyways, Edmonton wins. Toronto blows another lead, um, as they have in the last couple games. They're on a four game losing streak. And Mitch Marner essentially comes out and says, I thought we've played really good hockey the last four games. We haven't got the outcome that we're looking for. And I don't think he's wrong in a sense. I don't think the least played bad but i think at the same time they also threw a game that they should have won they came out firing they couldn't keep up the momentum they let edmonton a a very dangerous team get back into the swing of things and it ended up being a 4-2 game for edmonton right so i think and then also mitch marner also kind of calling out the media we know it's a hotbed for for the media in toronto it's not easy to play in any canadian market not just toronto and they'll praise you and you'll be gods when you're doing well. And when you're not doing well, you'll hear about it. And you got paid millions of dollars and you want to play in Toronto. You don't have to play in Toronto. If you don't want to, if you don't want to hear the noise, go, go play in Florida. Go play, you know, There's Arizona. Go play in a hockey market where the, 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 the media doesn't, you know, come out and, and, and hit you with the hard questions and, and criticize your play. That is literally what they're paid for. And you have an obligation to talk to the media and work together to sell this product, which is the NHL. And I just, I just, I think he went a little bit too much in depth with it. I think he could have just kind of left it out. I thought we played a strong game. I think we let let it get away from us. Um, We had it in the bag and we let a really dangerous hockey team crawl back in and again i think any team could have won that game last night it was a terrific hockey game playoff atmosphere the fans were into it the players were into it i just there's just this calling out the media for saying this and that and like it's their job it sucks i know there's a lot of articles that are written that are unfair and you know unbiased you know towards players and it is what it is it's part of the game right so 
You're on a four game. I'm, you're on a four game losing streak. I, I just think coming out and and you got the fans listening to this. They're, it's it's year after year after year the same thing. Toronto hot start in the middle of the season for whatever reason they always fade away, and then generally they come on strong, and then the playoffs start, and it's like what happens? We know team? that narrative. In this last 20, 30 game stretch, it's not the same team, right? They lack grit. I think they lack leadership. I think I think you know Mitch Marner being one of the leaders on the team. I think you gotta have accountability and start figuring out what the problem is. Like, why can't you hold leads? Why are you on this four game losing streak? Like, if you were playing really good hockey, it's hard for me to believe that you're on a four game losing streak. Yeah, maybe you get unlucky and lose one. You have a couple bad bounces. Maybe it leads to two games, but. And yeah, they've had some they've had some decent opponents, you know. the Colorado game, I mean, that play that TJ Rowe made to not touch the puck on the delayed penalty was insane. <sighs> insane. And that's just I that's about that. Cool, right? And that's what that's the problem with the Leafs. It's it's a mental thing. And I just I it's yeah. I, I I don't know if it's a leadership thing. I if it's if it's a structure and the coaching. I don't know if there's a coaching change that needs to be made. But fun stat, I will name you the uh, couple hockey teams that are the only teams that have less wins than the Toronto Maple Leafs currently, and that is the New York Islanders, the Kraken, the Sabers, the Canadians, the Wild, the Ducks the Senators, the Jackets, the Blackhawks, and the Sharks. The Islanders in Seattle are pretty decent hockey teams, definitely can compete for a playoff spot. The rest of those teams are bad hockey teams. And the Leafs are just in front of them for total wins. Not points because they have, I think, eight overtime losses on their belt right now. But technically, if you break it down, the team is below 500 if you incorporate those overtime losses with the regulation losses yep a lot of good luck right now right so something needs to happen in toronto i i don't think sheldon keeps the guy i know you know coached the greyhounds came with dubis i think that era that sue greyhound toronto relationship <laughs> is long is, gone it, it's done right so i mean i think a guy like craig berube light a fire underneath these guys' asses, kick them in the ass, do what you need to do. I think I just I think they need somebody hard and I think they need a guy that's, you know, been there and won something to show them the way. I just I think having like a rookie NHL coach coaching a team, like I mean he's not a rookie NHL coach now, but when he came to the team he was, right? Yep. What does Sheldon Keith want to he want to call their cup? I get that sometimes transitions, you know, into the NHL, but it's the big boy league now, and I, 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 I'm not sure if there's a lack of respect or the team's not listening to what he's saying, or maybe what he's saying just isn't what the team needs, right? So, yes, Mitchie, Mitchie went on a bit of a rant yesterday. He definitely ruffled some feathers, um, the media, the fans, and again, as you know, you being a Maple Leaf fan, I think all you want is that team just to go out, shut up, and just play some hockey. See like, that's it's 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 year after year after year after year the same thing. 
The problem, nobody, nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to hear the excuses. The problem was, and we won't go too much on this further, but I wanted to take the little bit of the floor with the Leafs because everyone knows outside of the show, look behind me. Okay, that's my name on the Leaf jersey. I used to wear that. There's a reason why I show that. It's personal. We'll get into that. But, of course, the Toronto sports scene, to be a Toronto fan, you got to have some thick skin and some strong mental capabilities. Okay. But same as other teams. But Mitch Marner, the key thing that took it away, quote unquote, he said, we're not frustrated. But again, quote unquote, we got to ignore what everyone says. We know we're a great hockey team. We show up every night. I mean, this last four games that we've had leads, we played some awesome hockey, some great hockey. Portions now, of the game, you've played awesome hockey. Yeah, yeah. Not a full 60 minutes. No. So let, let's – Everyone can look at this in a different and dissect it, dissect it. I'll break it down in a, in a podcast host slash someone who played slash someone who's coached kind of way, in my opinion, how I'd break it down. One, say you're not frustrated. First off, inappropriate. Anytime you lose a game, you should hate losing even more than you want to win. Moneyball quote. Secondly, ignore what everyone says. I agree with that. Don't get absorbed into the media. Okay, but you are in the hockey hotbed of Toronto. You're in the hockey mecca of the world. Okay, you're gonna, you're gonna, you can't escape it. You just gotta have thick skin and just go out there and prove the haters wrong. Thirdly, you're a great hockey team. Yeah, I agree they are offensively, and I, I think there's there's some average area for defense and goaltending. But yeah, they're they're a good hockey team. I would say they're a great hockey team. I do want to say they're a great hockey team because what they have up front. But have they played like it? Hmm. Next point, they show up every night. Excuse me. No, you do not show up every night. You do not. There's very few teams in the NHL that show up every single Every night. night? Are you talking about every night? So you're telling me the, the 12 regulation losses and the eight overtime losses, you showed up? Heck, even your 21 wins, you've shown up? Some wins, you got some luck. You pulled it right out. You got lucky. You bowed back in some games, got some late goals and won. The games that you've lost, it's this game against Edmonton. It's a prime example. Foot off the gas, and you got trampled over after the first period. They do not show up every night. And Mitch Marner, you don't show up every night. The only thing that I see you show up every night in is dipsy duel and a little spinorama duel and a throw a puck into the middle of nowhere, hoping your buddy Austin Matthews is going to get that pass where he's on the other side of the net. And you're literally just dancing around, doing a little dangle. You think you're doing a, you're doing a silhouette. You're a dance. It's, it's not a dance. Keep the play simple. The only player that I want to see doing dances out there is Connor McDavid because he can actually pull it off. And maybe Dreisaitl and McKinnon. McKinnon's very good at it too. Other than that, get the puck on your stick. Move your little ass. Go down the side. Go use speed. Contain. Go around the net. Use your hands that you have. And use your IQ. Don't use your legs to jump up and down and do spin twirl dances in the blue line. Okay, this isn't Dane Hantrow in NHL 24 at the blue line. Okay, doing spinoramas. Okay, next thing, and I'll probably the last point that I'll bring into it. This last four games we've had leads and we played some good hockey. You did not. You played one period. One of the games you played two periods. You leave your goalie out to dry. You leave your Average to under-average defense out to dry by doing your little dipsy-do silhouette dances. I'm not even sure if that's a thing. I'm making it a thing. In the ozone. 
The only guys that have shown up this year is Austin Matthews, William Nylander, not the last four games he hasn't. And I give credit to Morgan Riley. I'm a big Morgan Riley fan. And Martin Jones. The guy has come in as a third goalie and has done his job. He has done his job. Everybody else, get a, get a check, sit in a room, close your eyes, meditate, and do what you got to do to figure your shit out. I'm not going to sit here and say a bitch about they're in a playoff spot. They're overall, they had some good hockey up to this dry spell. But again, the good hockey is because of result of wins. That isn't good enough. To Leafs Nation and Leafs fans, that isn't good enough. We want to win and get there. That's expected. It's winning. And what does it take to win? It takes a full team of players that are going to buy into a system and are going to play effectively. Is this team good enough to win a cup? Up front, it looks like it. Paper-wise, it looks like it. But let's talk facts on paper. They're not. They're not good enough. Do I cheer for them? Do I think they're a favorite? Yes. And I know other hockey experts think they, they, that they are too. And they should be. But the way that they're playing and the way they have played and the way history has been repeating itself, Dane touched on it. They're missing pieces. They are not good enough. They need, they need something up front that is a 3C, bottom six guy, leadership guy. And they also need something that it means Playing defense. Their defense is not good enough. It's very hard to win a Stanley Cup without a number one stud D-man. Morgan Riley could be that guy. But is he a 1B? Maybe. Not a, he's not a Nick Lindstrom. He's not a Kale McCarr. Not even close. He's not those guys. This team, it's time to face facts. Dear Brad Tree Living, dear Lease Organization, the way this team gets better is from checking from within. Leadership, holding players accountable, and giving them the right tools to succeed. I'm not putting blame on Keith. Sure, if you think there needs to be a change, I'm not going to disagree. But this team is truly, perhaps it's time to face reality. Despite being my favorite team, taking my host hat off, this is time to put into realization that they may not be good enough to win a cup. They'll make the playoffs, but we're going to see the same narrative unless some sort of miracle changes. You can only believe in a core for so long. And you're going to have to believe in this core a little extra because they're going to be around a while. But changes need to be made in Toronto. Not of the big nature yet. And what I mean by big nature is the core four. Someone from that core four. And it won't be Matthews and it won't be Nylander that need to move on. It won't be Tavares because he only has one year left on the deal. The other guy is Mitch Marner, the guy who had those comments yesterday. Maybe that is something. But again, this team is a little bit of pieces away to still be considered, in my mind, a, a front runner to win the Stanley Cup. Are they a favorite? Sure, they're a top 10 favorite. Top 12 favorite. Whatever you want to put them. But are they a front runner top 5? Should they be? Not the way they're playing right now. But should they be? Yes, but they're not. And you need to figure out your shit and what needs to be done to improve it. Moving on. <coughs> NHL All-Star jerseys, as I rant there for six minutes saying that I want to keep it lower with that point. I think I had to get carried away. And I will have more vents with Leafs fans because Alex Parr, analyst here on the Game Sports Podcast, is fed up with Leaf fans. And I like to say that somewhat I am online too, but we'll save that for next week. Dane, All-Star jerseys, the Justin Bieber release of the All-Star jerseys. Kaka, okay? Kaka. 
But I'll give you the I'll give you the floor. I'm not a fan. I, I think you might disagree. I don't hate them. I don't love them, but I think like because the game's in Toronto, Bieber's gonna be there. I imagine he'll be one of the the guest coaches on him and Matthews. Yeah, he'll he'll definitely be on the Atlantic team. Um, for whatever reason, I feel like these jerseys are gonna have like a weird nostalgia to them, like ten years, fifteen years down the road, and people like and like start like we'll get into this, you know, in our favorite all-star jerseys after we talk about these ones but uh yeah i don't like they're cartoony but like there's like part of me that kind of likes them i like they're not nowhere near the worst um i just yeah i just the games in toronto it can't the all-star game for the love of god can't be any worse than last year's um (laughs) Which those jerseys were very nice. I thought those were one of the nicer sweaters that uh, we've had in recent memory. Was uh, basically the only good thing to come from that All Star game in uh, Florida last year. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't hate them. Uh, I I don't think they're overly too detailed. I think they're kind of they have like a plain neatness to them. Um, I don't hate the logo, but yeah, a little cartoony. Uh, but again, like I said, I think I think I think down the line, down the road, people are going to come back to them and be like, okay, those weren't terrible. So, but I, I'm assuming you kind of disagree with that statement. You don't like them. I, I don't like them. Uh, I listen. This is nothing against Justin Bieber. Nothing, obviously, towards Toronto. Nothing like that. But the design of this jersey is gross. I, I, you bring up a very good point of the cartoon. Well, sorry, yeah, the cartoon effect. But you bring up a good point of the nostalgia that's going to come back 10, 15 years from now where kids who are now three or four years old when they're 18, 19, 20 and playing in men's leagues or playing in practices, they're going to pull these out for their men's league jerseys. That's that's 100% what's going to happen. I could not agree more. That's a very good point. I don't like the jerseys because of the design. Maybe it's just something new that they're trying that's going to catch on. Maybe they'll look good in the light and in the star. Maybe when the lights are dimmed in the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. I don't know. Uh, But these jerseys are atrocious. I don't know. Listen, the NHL has a marketing team. They have experts in there that that are educated in marketing and well experienced. There was some sort of board feedback or criticism feedback that they looked at and they got positive reviews on it. And it was obviously Justin Bieber endorsing them at some degree or full degree or whatever way you want to put it. So obviously there was something there that caught their eye and that they agreed on. Should we doubt what they're saying? I think we shouldn't. But right now to our eye, looking at them, they are gross. They suck. I don't. I think they're ugly and they're one of the worst that I have seen. Um, what segs way me Dane into a, a nice way to put it, the, the worst jersey of all time. How about I tell you the best one of all time? Okay. I, I really like there's only one. There's only one answer in my opinion for the best. I was close for two and it was the one in 84 when they had the, the um, um, the, I know people liked 2000 jerseys. Yeah. The, the Wales jerseys. Uh, but I also liked the one in 2004. They were pretty nice. I forget where it was in 2004. Um, but they, I think it was in St. Paul, Minnesota where they had the white and reds. They're just really clean. It said Western across. Those are nice jerseys. I like those ones. They I was were, gonna, I was going to put those in my, my top two as well. But, very, but the ones that I like the most, the C, this brings such a good point out. Cause you brought up, I like the ones from the eighties. You know why? Nostalgia, right? 
I like them because of that. They're so cool. The black, the orange, the NHL logo. Gretzky can picture Lemieux and Gretzky wearing them. It was nice. And I, I, I would love to pull out some opinions and archives from people that would have saw their opinions when those jerseys were released in the day. <laughs> and now what the what we're saying now about them, the, those are my favorites though from the 80s, but you got to give credit to the ones in 04. Uh, they were good, but the ones I like are the 80s, Dan. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the, the, the ones you were referring to, the nice clean ones were in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Those yeah. are kind of, uh, yeah, kind of a, a little bit of a, comparison to minnesota's jerseys at the time but yeah i'm gonna go i, I like the 83 to 86 campbell whale jerseys those that, are the ones thank you i couldn't remember the year before ninth to 1997 jerseys that people at the time apparently from reading online uh did not like at all but again nostalgic right owen nolan calling a shot on dom hasek love those jerseys and i think like growing up for me like those were kind of like the first jerseys that like I kind of remember for an all-star game and, you know, seeing some of, you know, the legends of the nineties wearing those jerseys, you know, for example, Owen Nolan, Dominic Hasek, Yarmir Yager, like all those guys. Right. So I really like those, uh, those ones. And then, um, yeah, just kind of like a little special shuttle to last year's jerseys. I thought those were those really, cool. clean, really nice. Yeah. And again, about the only uh, good thing that came from that All-Star game last year. And I'm going to say it right now. Justin Bieber will 100% be on the ice during the skills competition. And he will be doing a shootout <laughs> drill or something with Matthews and Marner. And I've seen him. I've seen, I've seen him. I've seen him play a little bit. Like, he's not bad. Like, no, he's not a bad hockey player. It's just like, come on. I would say he's probably the equivalent of me. Like... <laughs> Like, Man, you know, do some stuff. So I, I think I think they got something in store with that. Like the one hundred percent Matthews or Marner are gonna have him come out on the ice and, and, and do something with the guys. So and Yon. I think you know for kids and stuff like that, it'll be good. Honestly, what I like to see is the women out there. So I don't. We don't need to get into to talk about the PWHL, which just because of time, there's a lot to talk about there. But I'd like having them out there to do to do skills oh, and sort of and having them in there. I love that. Um I just don't like too much of the kitty stuff where they like put a hat on glasses, right? My favorite all star game was the two thousand All Star game. And if you remember where that was in two thousand, it was my favorite one, not because it was Toronto. I just remember the Chris Bronger, the you know, the the OGs, if you're mine and days, the OGs, the Nick Lindstrom's at his, at his prime the hardest shot with Al McInnes with the with the PMP Sherwood seven thousand. That's the favorite stick. I like saying. I think that's the Paul Coffey special actually. Uh, but those are the ones I miss were the actually the hardest shot and skills that actually had to be shown without being too cartoony about like the shootout and they had to do a two on zero with the goalies one time. I thought that was really cool, but that's kind of segued out. But the hard shot, the targets. I love the targets. I the only thing that I'll watch is the targets. I think that's cool. That's real. People are shooting, trying to hit the targets there. Fastest skater. I like that. Just don't fall and break your skull. Uh, the it, it's and, oh, no, that one always makes me nervous. Right? It always. When David, when David's retired from it. I'm like, I hope he never does that. <laughs> right? Because it, it it can happen, dude. Yeah, it can. Flying on the boards, top speed, no bucky on. You know? Oi. Oh, yeah. you don't even I, also, I also want to point out for the general hockey fans, it would be so nice if we just actually picked the best players in the league rather than having um, a player from each team. I get it for marketing and, and views. So you actually, you know, 
get fans from different fan bases maybe you know watching the game or the all-star competition just based on the fact that they actually have a player um, <laughs> representing the team that they cheer for but yeah i i just i just think i like how it used to be um are they doing the draft this year too yeah, that's. So, that, I, I like they're bringing that back. There's a couple great moments with Kessel, Kessel. And, and, and that. So I'm happy they brought that back. I'll probably actually watch that. I don't know if I'll. I, I generally don't watch the game. I'll I, like the All Star competition is unique. It's like a one off kind of thing for the year, and I enjoy that. I like the three on three thing. Is just the lack of effort in it. And like, yeah, it's fun, you know, lots of goals, this and that. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I, it would be nice for the general hockey fan if they just went back to picking the best players. Never mind the best players, even. I know we're going to talk about this close to the All Star game for for TikTok purposes. You interactors, best player at that skill, target, slap shot. You can even look at making it the best player for that skill and get the best players for the game, but then it's getting too complicated, right? If you're going to choose the best players, I love that direction. But if you're looking at spicing things up, I want the guy with the hardest shot. You know, I want that guy. I want the fastest skater. Besides McDavid, someone did beat his, apparently, his record. His name's Anthony Greco. Fun fact. Look at what the NBA does. Like, they have guys doing the slam dunk competition that aren't all-stars. No. They're just good at dunking the ball. It's it's there I to be. Think, a- if you want to have a player from each team being associated with the All Star event, I think you have separate. Like you have like the game is just the best players, and then have um, other guys from other teams that aren't necessarily All Stars but might excel in those categories. Categories. All Star competition. And then it's fun for everybody, right? But having, like, yeah, there's just some guys that you're like, like, how's Zach Hyman not on the All-Star team? Guy's going to have a 50-goal season this year. (laughs) In this day and age, a guy that's on pace to score 50 doesn't make the All-Star game? I don't care. I don't care who he plays with. Did you know yeah. Toronto needs a guy that can put up 50 goals and is only yeah, making has $5 a million dollars per in the corners and throws the body around? And, I wonder who they could have had for that. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Someone they want to play. For your loss. We took some collateral for that when we signed Jack Campbell, too. So it's not the. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of soup. I forgot about soup, actually, for a minute there. Poor guy. Now, all right. So, Dame, and this is going to be. I'm pretty excited to bring this in. This is new today in this topic today okay there we had to figure things out offline a little bit okay so i'm going to summarize this This is the it's going to be the end of the first segment after this we will take a like a three second breather because as you know we are still doing commercial free segments for your enjoyment before we do segment two but in this segment which we do consider our top shelf segment but as today you saw a little flavor of basketball being added into there for obvious reasons but on our segments, on the Monday or the first edition of the week show, whatever show you want to call it. I've heard people call it episode one of the week, which is pretty cool. Um, but the first segment of the first episode in the week, the Monday edition, whatever way you want to look at it. At the end of that first segment, myself, Dane, and Alex, Alex, whom is not here. We're not obviously going to have perfect attendance every day, but we're going to have something at the end of the segment. And it's called the redraft segment. The redraft segment is pretty simple. 
we are going to pick the top five players from that respective draft that we are redrafting and picking them in new order. No picks are decided before. We don't know who's going where or who's picking what. We are still going to do the same team draft order, but we're going to pretend that we're the GM of all five of those teams, and we're making those five picks for them in a 2024 per se redraft. Again, we're redrafting the year. And to let you know, we are actually starting from 1980, not from 63 when it started. We're doing it from 1980. Then every episode, every week, we will have a year, which next year will be 81, or next week will be 81. The next year will be, next week, sorry, will be 82, etc. We're going to draft the 1980. We're going to redraft the top five in the 1980 NHL draft effective from stats and points today. Any comments or question below, feel free, but I think that's pretty simple. I think Dane will attest. I think I explained that in pretty good detail for you. But you'll catch the drift. So now we are in the 1980 draft. We're in the NHL draft. Dane and I are back in time. We got our suits on. We got our stat. He already has a stash. We got our our hair going, maybe some flow. Oh, yeah, we got the, the flow down the shoulders. We're one of those guys, okay? We're the GMs of the top five teams that have picks. To remind everyone, the 1980 draft, the first pick was Montreal, then Winnipeg, Chicago, L.A., Washington. The first overall pick was Doug Wickenheiser. The second was Dave Babick. Uh, The third pick was Dennis Savard. The fourth pick was Larry Murphy. And the fifth pick was Darren Vitek. Now, those were the top five picks, and now we're going to go back in time and make it better picks for them. Or are we going to change any? You're going to find out right now. And to go, I'm going to go first. Just because I started the segment, I am going to go first. I am on the podium. I have been invited up to make a draft for Montreal, Winnipeg, Chicago, L.A., and Washington. So with the first pick in the 1980 NHL entry draft, the Montreal Canadiens would be proud to select Paul Coffey. The second pick by the Winnipeg Jets, they would be proud to select Dennis Savard. The third pick, the Chicago Blackhawks, would be proud to select Yari Curry. The fourth pick from the Los Angeles Kings would be picked by for Larry Murphy, not changing that pick. The fifth pick by the Washington Capitals, they would be proud to select Brent Sutter. Dane Hantro. Yeah, I'm. Uh, we're four for four. Um, I, you definitely missed a man um, that is way better than Sutter. And again, biasing towards the Sutters just due to their relationship with the Calgary Flames. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, Paul Coffey moves up uh, six spots from uh, number six up to one in my draft. Um, from uh, the um, Kitchener Rangers. And then, yeah, going uh, Denny Savard there for number two. Yari Curry, um, obviously. Larry Murphy can stay right where he is at number four. And then uh, number five, I got uh, Bernie Nichols. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, has about 300 more career points than Mr. Brent Sutter there. So, 
just again me and dave weren't around for this era so anybody uh, that is in their 50s uh, that has any disagreement with that uh, we don't really know any better we're basing it off of, uh, stat lines right now so um, <laughs> and very limited footage of uh, older games that we've seen so yeah that's what i got i think we're pretty on par with that one it'll be kind of interesting as this segment goes along it might be a little bit more disparity between um, some of our picks, which will make it a little bit more exciting. But uh, I think this one's pretty close. I think you can have the argument. You can maybe switch Yari Curry with Denny Savard. But again, is he a product of uh, the team that he played on? Obviously, Paul Coffey played on the you know 80s Oilers as well. <laughs> but guy put up like 100 points every season playing defense. So, And let me remind you who the Oilers did pick that year. With. They picked Paul Coffey that year. And the... Toronto Maple Leafs did not have a pick <laughs> in the first round. No, no. I, I'm also looking to see if we – so the the only goalies that I'm seeing that we could have maybe possibly um, throw in in this top five, and I still don't think they crack the top five, uh, Andy Moog and mm-hmm. Kelly Rudy, um, some honorable – Friend of the show. Uh, in in the nineteen eighty draft as well, so we'll we'll say those guys snuck into the top fifteen because they're very late draft picks uh, in this particular draft. So not a lot of respect for the goalies uh, in the nineteen eighty draft. Now the next week we will well let me remind you next week we're gonna have a show on Monday. We didn't have a show this past Monday. Uh, but Dane is a part of our Monday show for the most part, as well as Alex. So we are going to have our Monday edition, and that's where we're going to redraft 1981 for you. Uh, that I think will be a little. I think we're going to have a little bit of difference, as Dane said. As the years go on, there might be a little bit of difference, but I think there might be a little bit of Sue bias when it I comes think, to I think that we'll, draft. I think we'll get closer to the years where we were alive. And actually got to see a little bit of these players actually playing hockey that I think our draft order might switch up a little bit because it's not going to be just based off of, you know. Especially, well, 81 was kind of a good threshold because that's the year of Al McInnes. There's Ron Francis. There's Dale Howardchuk. um, There's there's. Different. There's, there's certain players from that draft that we did have the luxury to see, and you bring up a very good point there. But uh, the Chris Chelios was also in Montreal in that draft, so there, there's going to be very interesting to see what happens in next year's draft. Uh, yeah, that was a draft where there's a lot of people that played a lot of games. It's going to be certainly interesting. And if you would like a fun fact, Toronto actually had a first round pick that year. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers did not. Fun fact. Uh, we will continue to chirp the draft picks that were exchanged uh, from the past. Uh, but jokes aside, hopefully you enjoyed the first part of our redraft segment. Like Dane said, comment below. Give us a little bit of your wisdom if you're a little bit older than we are. Don't be shy to admit that. That shows experience and wisdom. Let us know if you agree with our picks or if you would change them at all or any kind of opinion or if you draft somebody else outside of that. Next week, next week we will redraft the 1981 draft year dane this has been a long longer edition we always like to do that that's why we don't talk about time here on the pre-recorded segments any longer so we don't look foolish uh but we talked hockey to an extent uh, to a big extent a lot of i know six minutes of uh, maybe a couple minutes more went into me venting about toronto maple leafs and a little extra to toronto but nonetheless uh it is 
halfway point of the NHL hockey season. The All-Star game is around the corner, which we'll have more feedback about every year like we do. But now we get to actually upload things on TikTok about that. And it will be some good interaction there. But we're at the halfway point, And I want to give quick, quick, wow, quick grades on the Canadian teams going around the horn before we round up. And as I told you, the redraft is going to always be the last part of the segment. But I wanted to add this in because it's something we forgot. So let me give you a quick grade going around the horn for Canadian teams. I'm going to start from the Toronto Maple Leafs and just work around sporadically. No particular order. Toronto Maple Leafs, C+. Little, little that's, tough. That's what I literally had in my mind. Literally, that's that's where I am. The Ottawa Senators, you don't want to hear it. You failed. Uh, enough. Um, yikes. Montreal Canadiens, I'm giving you a C. Maybe even a C plus. I was close because I feel like you're, you're 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 still at that retooling, rebuild stage, right? And there's some opportunity there, some some bright spots, but still into a C. Uh, I'm gonna obviously go into the next teams, the Edmonton Oilers. If it was the beginning of the year, F. Uh, but I'm actually going to, because it's still not where they expect it to be, I'm going to give them a B, a B. Because they are hot right now. They're 11 straight wins, but you got to give them a B, and they were flirting with a B-. minus. Winnipeg Jets, A+. Plus. That's all. Uh, that, that's all. Vancouver Canucks, A+. Plus. Look at that. Calgary Flames, surprisingly got a little bit better as the year went on. But I'm going to give them the same grade as the Toronto Maple Leafs. C plus to the Calgary Flames. Go ahead, Dane. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with, you know, the Winnipeg Jets in Vancouver. I think two teams that are playing above expectations. Um, if you ask, you know, so-called uh, hockey experts, uh, they're, they're, they're first place in the NHL right now. Both of them tied at 62 points. So, yeah, give them an A, A plus, whatever you want. Um, as we go down the line, uh, we'll look at my Edmonton Oilers. Um, I'm just going to disregard the first, you know, 13 games of the season. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. I think Edmonton is playing, I would hard, say hard to argue, maybe the best hockey they've played in the McDavid era. Um, we're winning games 2-1, 3-1, 3-2. We're playing sound defensive hockey, which... I hate that it's taken seven years for this team to understand that if you just play decent defensive hockey, you have the talent up front to get goals without, you know, going out of your way to play high end off, like not high end offensive hockey, but basically abandoning your structure defensively to score goals, um, which is good because now they're proving them to themselves that they can actually do that. So I won't give them an A, but I'll give them a B plus. Um, I think hovering on an A minus uh, just based off of what they've done recently. Uh, Toronto, yeah, I, I I think again just kind of that stat showing you know the the teams that the only teams that have less wins than them uh, is a little shocking um, for a team that we're thinking a top five team in the standings point wise, um, and we're flourishing earlier on in the year and they've doing their typical Toronto thing and kind of stumbling at that, you know, January 1st and the, and the Leafs just take a, take a, a month or two off and they'll be back. I have no doubt in my mind. So yeah, I'll give them, I'll, I'll stick with what you said. C plus is what I had in my mind. Calgary. Oh, they're so back and forth right now. They kind of get hot then they don't get hot. Um, I think 
<laughs> I, I, I'll give I'll give Calgary a B minus 21 18 and, and five they're they're not doing terrible but I don't think the expectations were terribly high in Calgary to begin with um, I think they're on a four game heater right now um, so and as much as I hate to say it but yeah I'll give I'll give I'll give the flames a B minus they need they need something in Calgary I'll, I'll shed I'll, I'll, I'll shed a little love over there. Uh, Montreal, I'll also give a B minus. Um, I think, you know, having a 500 record, again, a team that's not expected to make the playoffs right now, um, still playing some competitive hockey. They're 25th in the standings right now. And then we will go down to the unfortunate uh, oh, Senators. Who, yeah, they're a D minus in F right now. <laughs> Way too much talent on that team for them not to be somewhat competitive or at least in a playoff hunt right now, they've essentially have already played themselves out of even having a remote shot at even getting a wild card spot right now. So, but I, right now, I mean, once Toronto gets their shit together, I mean, it's, it, maybe this is Canada's year. It might not be the Leafs. It might not be the Oilers. Maybe it's Calgary, Calgary. Maybe it's uh, the Canucks. Maybe, maybe it's the Jets. Jets are a scary team this year. They're they're playing five or four lines deep. Hellebuck's back. Tough team too. Tough. Tough team and 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 playing and playing playoff games in Winnipeg is not an easy place to play. So um, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that uh, division in the Central kind of stacks up standings wise, right? Because whoever that two and three seed are, it's a tough matchup. Whatever way you look at it. Is it Dallas and Colorado? Is it Winnipeg and Dallas? Is it Colorado and Winnipeg? I, I think I think if you look at that, that's that's going to be the the big matchup of uh, the maybe not on paper, but I think if you want to look at really good intense playoff hockey, I'm looking to the Central for a really good time. So it might be Canada's year this year. We got we got four teams that are uh, that that can contend for a Stanley Cup and. Right now, it's Edmonton and Toronto aren't the front runners in that category. It's Edmonton, or it's uh, sorry, rather uh, Winnipeg and Vancouver right now. So, I think uh, Edmonton's buzzing along right now. I don't see us catching up to Vancouver in the standings, bar you know a, an epic collapse in, in in BC right now. But I don't see that happening. That 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 team though, a couple interesting stats for Vancouver. They're shooting percentage and a lot of these kind of in-depth stats um they're way way of like having godly numbers in those categories and they also haven't lost more than two games in a row all season that's they're not going to keep that up for an 82 game every team goes on a little week where they take off and make string together three to four losses in a row and i imagine Vancouver will come back down to earth a little bit, but I think they're still an incredibly good hockey team. They, uh, I mean, start of the season, they, they they owned us at the start of the year in Edmonton. So it was dark times. We're back. Toronto's going through their little spout as they do at the same point every year. And I think they'll be back too. So I think if you're just a, a fan of, hockey and Canadian teams, you know, we usually jump on the bandwagons, you know, once our team gets eliminated, whatever Canadian teams left. And I like our odds this year. I think the cup's coming back to Canada. I hope, I hope people, 
in Canada, hoping so. People in the States may have a different opinion, but it's time for a Canadian team, whoever it is. But we both know, as <laughs> listeners, you know, yeah, who, you know who we're pulling for if you are a listener of the show. But, again, it's been a good time, Dane. We talked a lot of hockey. This has been the Gain Sports Podcast. I didn't tell you who we were. Usually I do it multiple times just in case you're tuning in a little halfway throughout the show. But I've been David McKaig talking for this first segment. You've had Dane Hanshaw here. You will have me for the second segment. I do expect Justin Heichel to join me. I know EJ was tentative. We were hoping. I don't think he is going to be joining given time. But we will see whoever comes on the camera in the second segment. Dane, thanks as always, my friend. We went extra today of course uh, but we'll aid up until a little bit of time of in the pocket but that's totally fine we're just gonna be talking one thing about the nfl and it's and or both in the pocket and it's the nfl playoffs all i want to say is bill's lions super bowl give, <laughs> give the people what they want they need it they need <laughs> give wild. the people what they want unbelievable i might have to make that the prediction dane thanks my friend we got we got a recording on monday we'll revisit that draft again we got more we'll talk about fantasy hockey next week about vetoing trades no your league has no integrity that's the only reason we will table that we are going to table that because i know par is going to get a little little fucking animated about it too and probably there'll be a few leaf games and some Oiler games up to that point as well so i'm sure there'll be some feedback as well as some other games that we will discuss news more news and more news in hockey like there always is this has been the Game Sports Podcast Segment 1. Dane, as, as, as I said, thank you for taking the time. We'll see you on Monday. Thanks for having me, Dave. Of course. Again, taking a quick breather. When we come back, we got more of the, the, of the Game Sports Podcast Segment 2. Or should I say the In the Pocket Segment. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to the Game Sports Podcast. David McKay continuing to host you this evening. And surprise, surprise, we thought we were saying goodbye. But that's not true. We got off the air. And he said, I want to stay. I'm not leaving. I want to stay. I was going to try to reenact the Wolf of Wall Street thing there, but I stopped myself mid-excitement. The one and only Dane Hancho continues to join us to chat a little bit of football. Thanks, Dane. Appreciate it. I figured, though, I spent uh, the majority of my weekend, multiple hours, only watching football last weekend. So I felt like I had something to contribute to the football show. So here I am. I got a, I got a big Super Bowl pick for everybody. And uh, I think it's going to happen. Love it. Justin, the usual contributor on the second segment on Wednesdays, Wednesday editions, episode two, the in the pocket segment, whatever, which way you want to call it. The one only who's been here since essentially day one, as well as day two. We got the a good core of nostalgia here on the Gain Sports Podcast together in the room. Justin Heichel, my friend, how's it going? What's going on, fellas? Good to uh, good to be here. Good to see uh, Dane's lovely face. It's been a while. Like I said earlier, I just got to come to the internet to find him. That's that's where he hangs out. That's where I hang out. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was, I was going to say the real reason I came on was for Justin. Everything I all said before was a lie, other than the hours of football. Dane has been on an in-the-pocket segment before, though, just so everybody knows. Nonetheless, this is the in-the-pocket segment, or segment two, of the episode here tonight and we're going to be talking football in its entirety and what we're going to be talking about is purely nfl today uh there's going to be nothing about ncaa we're not going to dive into any parts locally we are sticking to 100 percent nfl today here on the in the pocket segment and i must say again the game sports podcast powered by 91 n that's 91 network head on over to the youtube channel hit subscribe if you haven't yet we've had we had 
some recent uploads on there in the Game Sports podcast, and we have some good views. And over 50% of you who view the videos and interact with the videos aren't hitting subscribe. But you like to watch what we have, so just hit subscribe. That's it goes for the same for TikTok, Instagram with the Game Sports Podcast, or Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or Google, or Podbean podcast platforms. The in the pocket segment is sponsored by none other than Sports Center Bar and Grill. Sioux St. Marie, Ontario's best sports bar over six years in a row. Sioux's best wings as well voted. Listen, Sports Center's been there since day one. Five guys, one phone, one cup. So I was going to say, just uh, it should have been, like I said last week, we should have just called it Five Guys, One Cup. That's it. <laughs> if you know, you no know. Context. And if you're on video, you get a little bit of a treat. Does that look familiar, fellas? But not around walking and sliding across the table when someone was talking. Now we have changed. Part was, like, we explained that to be like, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're uh, recording a, a podcast. Oh. <laughs> People used to walk by us Inter- at Sports Center. Just Can- conversation. Don't give a fuck that we're talking. C- congratulations <laughs> on whatever you're doing. Well, what are you doing, sir? Well, I've been here since 3.30 in the afternoon, and I'm absolutely wasted. Let me give you my opinions. <laughs> Perfect. Even the yelling in the background. Love it. 2016, when podcasting was still not really a thing in the world to start starting to, yeah it was before all that but we're back on point this is this is the in the pocket segment we're talking to of football let's kick it off fellas kicking it off here in the first quarter i've had the touchback we're starting at the 20 yard line and we're going with the wild card weekend reaction listen i'm gonna get out of the way Every, i look everyone knows that i as a fan of of sports in general outside of being a host i'm a fan of the steelers and I've said it on recent podcasts. I've said it all year. Frauds. We 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 said on this podcast as well that frauds. But this team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, are well coached. Great defense. I would like to say the steel curtain's back in Pittsburgh. Offensively, Kenny Pickett's not the guy. Not the guy. You have some good weapons up front. Harris, Warren, some good running game. Pickens was great this year. Showed a lot of emotion in that playoff game, too. He didn't like losing. Got to love it. But Mason Rudolph comes in a couple of weeks after the season, decides to slick his hair back, throw the ball a couple hundred yards, and he gets into the playoffs. Imagine if you would have had a QB all season. It's like you had a QB for almost 20 years named Ben Roethlisberger, who led you to three Super Bowls, but winning two of them. You lost one to Green Bay. Fun reminder for everybody. The... Pittsburgh Steelers lost the Buffalo Bills this weekend, and people were texting me saying, how are you feeling, Kegger? How are you feeling, Dave? If you don't know my nickname, it's Kegger. Fun fact of the day. And you know what? I'm just happy that they made it because the Steelers did not expect to make the playoffs. Not only did they make the playoffs, they kept Tomlin's streak going. Tomlin's coming back. For those of you who think he's not, you're crazy. I love how he walked off the podium. I I, I I would love a Mike Tomlin on the Toronto Maple Leafs. First hockey reference of the show. Toronto Maple Leafs coaching staff. But back on point. Mike well, Tomlin I mean, the, will the come best, back as a Steelers coach. The best part about all that is like some chick in the interview room. Like, like I don't mean that as like or some chick. But whoever was, you know, mediating the whole thing. Is like, Any more questions? And I guess someone... Hey, so what's your plan? And he's like, fuck you. <laughs> well, he just walked out he just, of the room. He just left. Yeah, I there's somebody who mediated that girl. That, like, unless he doesn't want to come back, but, like, 
He's never had a losing record. He brought this team, who I thought had zero chance at making the playoffs. I'm like, Kenny Pickens is a bad NFL quarterback. Pick it. Pick it. Pick it. Doesn't matter. Pick it. He's so bad. Uh, yeah, Pick it. I mean, the best part is, is that Dave's talking real optimistic right now and not talking like the guy who's about to have a team that's running it back with the exact same team next year. That's the problem. That was actually funny that you say you're, that. Is you're going, you're going into camp. Back with Kenny Pickett. Like you're going, no, you're going into camp with Rudolph and Pickett and letting them compete it out. And I mean, you still have Trubisky there too. It's not, you just have like a bunch of like, if this was Madden, you have like a 371 rated quarterbacks. Like that, and people think <laughs> the fans got to think it's oh, it's you're. I think Mason Rudolph is going to be a, a, a he's going to be a good quarterback. Well, the thing is, you think they're trying to improve. I hope he is. They're trying to improve, trying to improve, and that's what fans are upset. Time for change. Time for change. Look, there's a lot of organizations that never made changes in their careers for, and they won a lot of championships. You can look at the NBA with the Bulls. You can think of that with the Yankees. You can go back to uh, hockey with the uh, with the Oilers in the '80s. You can go any era that you want to get into. Okay, and if you if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Coaching ain't broken. Matt Canada was an offensive coordinator. That guy was a joke. Finally, he's gone. Okay, like you make the necessary internals movements, but that Justin brings up a good point. I'm- the Steelers will be returning a team, but about this game, staying on point with this game. The Bills had the game from the outset, but the Steelers did make it interesting. They battled back. They tried. They tried. They battled. And that's what I got to give credit for to them is despite being a team that wasn't expected to make it, they weren't as good as the Bills. They did make it a little bit interesting despite being a little bit out of range. Uh, early in the game, they battled back. The The Buffalo Bills, they gave them a little bit of a sweat, I would say. Just a little bit. Uh, but the Bills pulled with the W, and the better team won that game. There's no way Buffalo was losing that game. I mean, just given the entire circumstances, it was the most Buffalo Bills football game there possibly could have been. Like, yep. shovel your way to your own seats, figure it out. You know <laughs> what I mean? Snow blow your way to the stadium. We don't care that you've been drunk for three days in a snow. Just get here and figure it out. They didn't even tell people not to throw snow on the field this year. Like, that's. They were yeah. throwing snow up there. And I know we're giving a little bit of love to this game, but that's because yours truly is a fan of the Steelers. I want to give, and I yeah. wanted to talk about Tomlin a little bit. The fans that just, and the media, media got to stop with the stupid questions. And that's another segment another day. But I love how you walked off. I love I mean, it. I can, we, can we segue this to like the uh, the stupid questions thing with yep. the, um, the Tampa Bay head Dude, coach? Where, yes, let's uh, go. Awesome. Someone, uh, one of the reporters asked him, I believe, yesterday how he was getting the team prepared to uh, play the game in Detroit with the weather the way it is. And oh, he let no. the reporter, he let the reporter oh, go no. through the entire question. And then he just said, it was like that awkward five minute, like not five minute, five second silence. And he said, you know that they play indoors, right? So we'll be just fine. I you know mean, what I, I would have did? Well, he says, he goes, I can't really prepare the guys for the uh, five seconds between the bus and the door, but I, th- I think we'll be okay. <laughs> That's a good – I would have actually drawn a picture of a dome. I'm not good at drawing, though, so it would have looked very bad, maybe offensive. I would have drawn a picture of a, of a stadium, and I would have said, we're playing in here. <laughs> we don't need to worry about out there. Like I thought he let her down pretty pretty easily on that oh. until the RKO out of nowhere with the uh, – yeah, I mean, aside from the five seconds we're in between the bus <laughs> and the door. I mean, I don't know what the guys are going to do, but – in, in a league that has like 
like I think it's probably close to what half and half for indoor outdoor stadiums in the NFL and like all should be when you're when you're when you're when you're talking about weather in particular affecting the game it would be the second most important thing behind the weather on on what you would be researching to 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 make your your point clear and concise and and make sense and like it's just hilarious. Like I just, I, the, for me personally, the second thing I would check is this an indoor and outdoor stadium. If I'm going to be talking about the weather affecting the game, so bad. I hate that. You, you think you get to the point where you can ask like an NFL head coach a question. You just have, you know what I mean? They're not letting us anywhere near these guys to ask them a question. So like you have well, to, we, like, would know, we would, but, know well, that's, that. That, I mean, that's just we like, we know that question. No. I think we have a hell, hell of a conversation with Dan Campbell. That's oh yeah, oh, that would be great. Imagine yeah. having a beer with Dan Campbell. Oh, or like, but, like, but Ken. that's that's what it would be. That's you know what I mean. It's not like it would be an interview, or it would just literally be sitting yep, down yep. and having a beer with someone. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pull off a W over the Philadelphia Eagles, and likely not official what, yet at this time. Jason Kelsey. The Jason Kelsey's last game, potentially. And if you're a follower of New Heights, I like the New Heights podcast. Very good. They're emotional, both the Kelsey's. Uh, they actually had a good conversation about it where he was, Jason was answering the question today or yeah, when they recorded it. And he said that he hasn't made his decision. You can't make a decision when it comes to after a game that's so emotional or intense like that. But as he looked to the right, you know, he, he, he couldn't look at the camera. He started, he, he got emotional. And even Travis, hey now, and he started crying. He did his thing and his little hey now thing. And they, there's nothing more wholesome than listening to those guys. And truthfully, I know people get sick of hearing about the Kelsey's, talking about the Kelsey's, seeing the Kelsey's look. Travis is dating Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is literally a queen amongst everyone in the world. She's the like, she's influential. She is what she is. And Jason Kelsey was almost voted sexiest man alive. Uh, and Amazon did a, a, a show on him. They're wanted. They're they are popular. They're, they're they're not like the Pauls. They're not even close. But you don't want to see the Pauls. But they're on there because they're they're searched. They want they want to be admired. So if you don't like watch them, skip past their video. But I love their New Heights podcast. And if that is his last game, I think that's such a shitty way for him to go. But it's not his fault. I there was a lot of problems at the Eagles team, but I am surprised the Buccaneers won. Justin, I actually thought the Eagles thought I thought they would rebound this game. I mean, just on the Kelsey thing, it's. Not... He's kind of got to cash in while his brand is hot. You know what I mean? Like, he's probably looking at playing year by year if he comes back to the NFL now, year by year contract. You're not making big bucks anymore. Uh, you're automa- You're an offensive lineman, so you're automatically expected to take less, to just exist, to make everything work. Um, so I don't – I mean, he's got to look at guys like – I mean, I know I – you know, beat on the Pat McAfee drum quite a bit here, but you got to look at guys like that. And it's like, they're having such success with their podcast. Why can't he do something and get a big ESPN deal or, you know, a network deal or, or something like new that. heights, something with new heights. Well, yeah, that's just it. I mean, like, I feel like there's more, there's more money in that now than there is in football. And that gives him from what we've seen, you know, just on the Amazon show and stuff, he's a pretty genuine family guy gives him more time to be at home with his family. 
which you would assume at this point in his life is what he wants. And if he can make more money doing less while getting more family time, it seems like a stupid, you know, just do it. But are you surprised, Dane, about Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay, right? This guy gets washed out. Browns, the Rams, right? The uh, And as well as the now he goes to the Buccaneers, and they said that they found their guy. They, they believed in it. And Tampa fans, well, you had Tom Brady, right? And it didn't work out. And, you know, you had Winston in between and that. So you bring in Baker Mayfield, right? And you're... I know here on this podcast, like, poof, Marone, they're going to get absolutely – Tampa Bay is not going to have a good year. But then you forget Baker Mayfield was a touted quarterback when he came out of college. They have Mike Evans. They got, they got some good tools there in Tampa Bay. They have a pretty good defense as well, pretty well-played and structured defense. And the Eagles, I thought, just were better overall. But Tampa Bay wins over the Eagles, eliminating the Eagles. And a big part of that was the play of Baker Mayfield in that game, along with defensive side of the football, and the Eagles just not being able to capitalize. But my question to you is, did you expect Baker Mayfield to be taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the next step in the playoffs or even in the playoffs at all? Well, in the playoffs, as a NFC uh, South uh, fan, uh, no. <laughs> There's nothing surprising about that division. Um you got to think like this is this is a, a a lot of the core of the team that won the Super Bowl not that many years ago is still very much that same team and I mean replacing Tom Brady's not easy but Baker Mayfield's had flashes I he he won a, he won a playoff game for the Browns which seemed like an impossible feat years what? ago right so he's had flashes I think even last year when you know Stafford went down he 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 played some really good football games um, for the Rams. And again, former first overall pick, like, I, I, you know, the talent's there, right? And I, I think Baker Mayfield had a great season this year. Statistically, you know, kind of on par with Patty Mahomes this year, who, like, really does lack a lot of targets outside of Travis Kelsey and the drop balls, and we can go on and on with that. But, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not terribly – I think I'm less surprised than maybe some that like I watched a lot of the Eagles games that they lost down the stretch this year. And like, they just did not look like the same football team and like out of sorts and just what a drag Jalen Hurts just seemed like he just kind of lost his swagger, right? Like he didn't have that confidence. Watch, and yeah, watch a couple of videos. videos. With uh, with Hertz and the head coach there on the sideline in the back half of the season, even uh, Goddard or uh, Goddard Hertz, there was friction there during the game against Tampa. It there's was a just... couple couple videos out there where the head coach is chirping off to the other team's sideline, and Hertz goes up and smacks him, like in the chest or swats his hand down or like, and it happens like five or six different times. And just the videos that I saw, and I mean. Obviously, people can cut and do whatever and make it, you know, fit their narrative of their story. But I found that interesting that the quarterback is kind of getting his head like behave, stop this, you know. And that's Bill uh, Belichick to the Eagles. I don't, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I think, I think if the games in Philadelphia, like we're looking at a different football game, maybe the Bucks still win. But I think that home field but advantage the, yeah. that play part to play but like when you're down so bad like you start what did they start like 10 and 0 9 and 0 or something like that and, and then they, they went one and one and six. six 
down the stretch. Like that's, you're so high and then so low and you don't really recover from that low. And when you play, you know, your most important game of the season, the first round of the playoffs. And I mean, they put seven points up again. It's not like the Bucks have a bad defense by any means, but. No, no, but the weather's, weather's, weather's nice in Tampa. Like, there's no excuses for that offense to only put up seven points in that game or nine nine points, three field nine, goals. Thirty-two nine was the yeah. final score in that game. Wow, so, the, the Steelers now, put out a better effort. Oh, for like sure. The Ste- well, the Steelers left it out there. Like the Ste- they they went into a game knowing they were outgunned. But Steelers had a better effort than the Browns and the Dolphins. And the Eagles, there was one good game in the wild card. Uh, I'll be honest, the and, Dolphins, and, and the Dolphins. Was... Oh, go for it, Dave. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying, like the the wild card rounds sucked for quality of football games. Ah, and, more and, so, and, yes. But there was I, think, I, I think it's hilarious that the one game that happened to be tight was the game in Detroit. Love it. The Lions fans could could literally, you know, be on the mm-hmm. brink of having a heart attack or a stroke due to high blood pressure and. It, it, it's just funny because every other game was a blowout, right? Like even the games that kind of ended up being a little bit tighter in scores, you know, with every team, you know, in the Cowboys game and then even the Steelers and uh, Bills game, you know, huge leads to start gap kind of closed a little bit to where it was on, on paper, a kind of respectable score, but like every other game was, they weren't, they weren't very entered. Like they were entertaining in their own ways, but like, they weren't good football games. Like I'm, I'm hoping for the quality of football this upcoming week to be way better. I'm hoping because well, it was bad. Watching the Cowboys getting taken out behind the woodshed was awesome. I mean, is that is that how the rest of the world feels when the Leafs lose in the playoffs? Because like that's great. Like I don't, I don't have a horse <laughs> in that race at all. And watching the Cowboys, like watching their fans just fall apart in the stands, and like people leaving, like I'm. I have Cowboys fans in this one group chat I'm in, and they were shit-talking me Saturday night about the Leafs. Like, oh, big contracts, can't do anything now, your team's losing. Look at your team. You might as well pay Dak, Nylander, and Matthews money. You're going to leave the first round like that. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. Like, come on. Green Bay. That's almost as bad as when Toronto lost to Montreal in the first round in the bubble. Uh, that, that, but... no, that's as bad as the Columbus one. Oh, yikes. Yikes. Good example. But I know we don't have any time to talk about every game, but the Packers beat the Cowboys. Uh, the Chiefs beat the Dolphins in sub-zero weather with, with Kelsey and players wearing nothing but their jersey and just showing their arms. No. Uh, and the Texans, and I know EJ is not here to defend today. I didn't talk about this at the beginning, but EJ is unable to join us tonight. He is selling vehicles at Riverside. Uh Superior, uh, superior. Uh, you could check out his Facebook page too. Of course, if you're purchasing a vehicle in the area, a little plug to EJ. But we're not going to talk about the Browns in too much detail today. A for sensitivity for EJ and Browns fans, but as well as just time. But CJ Stroud, whoa, watch out for the Texans. They're looking pretty solid, in my opinion. But the Chiefs, we won't dive into too much. But I do want to get into a little, like, couple minutes because I want to get into our pick'em and proceed because of time. The Chiefs and Dolphins game freezing wild. I think that was obviously a big reason why maybe the Dolphins weren't as successful. I think they should still run it back with Tua. But Lions and Rams, best game of the week. Storyline, wild. Goff, Stafford. The Lions traded Stafford to to to, to the Rams. 
and they get Goff, and they flip that for more multiple picks that they brought in, and then flip for a trade. And not going to get into all the details, but the, the the Rams also traded for the the trophy at the end of it all. It's it was a good trade, all in all for both teams' success. And now the Lions are seeing the front of that success. And it was it was from last year, Justin, when Goff went. It was t- up until the end of the season. He went 10-plus weeks without throwing an interception. And we started talking about him a little bit more on this podcast. He was getting a little bit more comfortable under Campbell, getting more comfortable into the system in Detroit. Stafford, of course, coming off a Super Bowl. You know, that's that's it's time for Detroit now, is what I'm saying. Detroit gets the win in Ford Field in a very electric crowd that had a lot of people from Sault Ste. Marie there as well. There's a good amount of Sioux people that attended that game. And now the Lions, they beat the Rams in a very exciting game that I feel was well played by both. I thought the game was going to end up 48-45 by the way that game was going. I thought Justin's obnoxious score that we uploaded on TikTok of 52-24 was going to be a fucking thing, and it wasn't. But I laughed because I was starting of that game. I'm like, oh, Justin. That would have been our, – our, our TikTok would have went viral if that actually happened. They would have thought you had an in. Justin, though, the Lions pull away with the win against uh, Stafford and the Rams. It's They're looking good, those Lions. To be honest, the second half was just all game management, and it was awesome to see. I mean, Dan Campbell just abused that clock. I mean, run the balls, just chew up the clock. And, uh, I mean, they had Stafford on his ass quite a bit, too. That's On one hand, you don't like to see the uh, – I don't even want to, is he a Detroit legend or is he just the guy that was there for 10 years and didn't win or more than Megatron? Wow. But like Stafford was getting beat up in the back half of that game. It looked like Carson Wentz was maybe going to have to come in. I was licking my chops there because man, he's terrible. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. Um, but no, I mean, that's, it's just awesome for the Detroit the city of Detroit. I mean, I'm sure everyone's Facebook here was going crazy. I mean, Dane was already blowing it up all week with the big Michigan win, and then uh, the Lions win on the weekend. There's probably literally probably no alcohol left in the state of Michigan. Like <laughs> not even the good, not even the gross stuff. Right like, yeah. So uh, it's uh, the Wings it's are good. overachieving. The Pistons suck. That's for sure. Pistons are horrendous. But the city of Detroit and the overall state of Michigan is uh, is feeling some feeling some. Thunder. We could feel it here in Ontario right now. Michigan's bumping. It's bumping. Ontario's quiet. <laughs> Ontario's quite quiet and cold. The the golf story is great. This is a guy, Justin, who made the Super Bowl. Arguably, though, the most boring Super Bowl of all time when the Rams played the Patriots in that Super Bowl. But this is somebody who has the ability to set the tone in the pocket, relax. He's able to really find his receivers. He's really to really monitor and be a professor of that, of the game when he's out on the field. I, I feel that he has fit in so nicely in Detroit, Detroit's defense. Everything is just clicking. Everything is working in Gibbs, Montgomery, the, the, the tandem that you have Gibbs is such a powerhouse feisty little runner. It, it just, it's so exciting to see in the fans of Detroit. Never mind, are they are they pumped in blood pressure? They're crying. Is how excited Detroit Lions fans are. So and I'm gonna, I'm gonna it's, say it's it about Goff. Um, if he wins 
if they go to the Super Bowl and win in Detroit, he just wins one Super Bowl in Detroit. Is he like automatically a Hall of Fame player at that point? Oh, he's, for sure. He's I've been to the Super Bowl it's... once. Like he's he's yeah. a decent quarterback. He's got the stats to like he's not like he was you know, Trent Dilfer back in the day with the stack <laughs> defense, get just getting there. Like Goff is he's paid his dues. I mean, if he wins the Super Bowl in the city of Detroit, is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? I love that question. You know what? That's also as people see me typing there, I did a little clip save. So everybody knows. That's a Pat DeLuca question out there, like a personalized shout out right there, Pat. Answer that one. He is a fan, by the way. People don't know who Pat is. He's a friend of the show and a fan and a former in the pocket guest. He was on a few times on the show when we had five guys, one cup. I think he <laughs> was there for the show we do not speak of. That yes. Oh, he was there for that three and a half hour show. Dane, you were there too. Were you there at Sports Center? <laughs> I don't think I don't think any of us were there, but we were there. By the end of that show, most of the West End had been on. <laughs> Brian Greco, the list, Primo, the Jamie Antonello, Dustin, me, Justin, Dane, Pat jumped in. I even think uh the Alicia White jumped in there. Waitress. I think she might have had a little comment on the old segment too. Okay. We talked about last week's games. Overall, I think it's fair to say that more than 50% of those games, that's putting it nicely, were not thrilling by any means. But the Lions game was probably the, or is, was the best game of the week. And if you had to pick a close second, I guess a close second would have been, and it's sad to say, but the Steelers and Bills? I wouldn't disagree with that statement by any means. No, right? It was a, it I would was say, I would say the opening, the opening to the Browns and Texans game, the opening was exhilarating. Like the first like half was good, and then then it wasn't it wasn't so good after that. Yeah, Unless once he hit two pick sixes, Cassius. it was kind of yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. Know. Now, Justin, before we, I want you to announce the pick'em. Um, just to remind everybody, Justin was the regular season champion this year for the Pick'em. A little clap for Justin. Um, we do still count the Pick'em for standings for playoffs, uh, The but we always credit the winner in the regular season a lot as well. So Justin dethroned DJ in that finally after two years. Justin wins his first Pick'em, and I think we've been doing this for six years, the Pick'em. So Justin gets his win. Jamie won twice and we missed a year where we didn't do it then ej won twice and i finished second every year but this year i didn't actually didn't finish second i finished third out of three uh the but the pick'em standings Justin, we're gonna do into our pick'em segment right now uh give us the standings then before we make our picks though i'd like dane to make his picks this week first and then sure. i want dane to pick his super bowl Matchup and favorites. Not the I don't want I don't care about the next round games who you're picking. I care about this round's games and I care about who you got winning the Super Bowl and who's in it. So Justin, pick them, then we'll go to Dane. All right. So uh easy recap this week. Um we're tied across the board with 173 points. All three of us are tied. I love it. You can't you're write all, that. You guys are all tied? Yeah. That's 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 impressive. The I last thing we can see that video. This pick'em has been ridiculous for like the last six weeks. We've been like it's been like a one point spread across the board. 
173, 173 to 105 is our records across yeah. the board, 62%, with an average points of nine. Everyone has the same average points per week. It is unbelievable. It's down literally to an exact math that we're all tied this year. If I didn't pick the Colts to win all the games that they lost because I refused to pick against them, I'd be up by like six points. Oh, do you pick the Colts every single week? Yeah. I picked against the Steelers. to yourself. Yeah, that's, like does. Me, that's like me picking the Falcons every week. I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> wow. You know what? If you should have picked, picked, picked them against the Colts. Um, <laughs> I picked the Steelers to lose last week, just so to remind everybody, just so everybody knows. That was a smart pick. Uh, it was. <laughs> Dane, let's go. Wind it up. Wind it up. All right, let's let it ride here. We're going to start in the uh, – oh, no, I'm going to save the best for last. We'll start at the top here. Houston versus Baltimore. Love uh, C.J. Stroud's game, but being a Michigan fan coming off the national championship, I am going to bet against the Texans, and they are going to lose in Baltimore. Might be a little cold up there. Hmm. I mean, C.J.'s used to playing in cold weather, but regardless, I'm going to go with Baltimore for uh, for the win for that. First seed, just too good. I think the Texans got a good young team. They're kind of like the Packers of the AFC right now. Good quarterback. Their future's bright. We are also now going to talk about the Packers and the 49ers. In San Francisco, imagine the weather will be beautiful over there. Packers coming off a big win in Dallas. (laughs) I hate both those teams, but I hate Dallas more than Green Bay. And it was very nice to see the people in the stands suffer and just glaze at that field and like, oh, I feel like I've seen this a couple times in the last uh, 10 years. Um, I think Green Bay, good again, good young future. I just think San Fran's overall much healthier than they were last uh, playoff. And I, I, I just think, yeah, San Fran has this game at home. Think it'll be a little bit closer than maybe what some people might think. You know, I think it'll be within like a two score. I don't think it's going to be a route or anything like that. But uh, definitely going to go with the 49ers. Then we got the two games that I actually care about: Buccaneers, Detroit Lions, in Detroit, hosting two home games in a row in the playoffs. Oh, dog! Well, I don't even know if that's even ever happened before. If if Detroit's literally hosted two home games in the playoffs in the same playoff. Um, I think, I think if you're Detroit, you're happy with this matchup. I mean, the Eagles looking really good early in the year, really nosedive. I like, I like Detroit. I think, I think Jared Goff, he's had that pedigree. He's been to the Super Bowl. The stage isn't too big. They've got over that hump. They won the first game. Give me the lions. And now we're going to go to the big game. Mm-hmm. A prime time game. Round three. Round three. Kansas City's up 2-0 in this series. Two really good football games. I mean, like the divisional one, or like the, not the, it wasn't the NFC Championship, eh? The one with like all the touchdowns at the end. It was yeah, the, no, like, the was one good. before that, the divisional round. That game, that game, one of the greatest football games ever played. It's the Bills' time. We're hosting finally. Sorry, I say we as like I, I'm on the Bills bandwagon right now. Hard, hard. And uh, yeah, I think it's in Buffalo. I think it's going to be another epic matchup. Mahomes, Allen, they never disappoint. I just think 
Buffalo's kind of flown under the radar. They had that kind of, you know, rough start at the start of the season and kind of figured it out. Josh Allen sneakily has some MVP looking numbers. The guy ran for 15 touchdowns this year. That's kind of ridiculous for a quarterback. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. On top of his 29 touchdowns that he had. Give me the Bills. Give me the Bills. And my Super Bowl prediction, because the world needs this. People need to heal. It's going to be the Bills versus the Lions. And somebody's going to have to lose that game. <laughs> Which is almost more heartbreaking than like, like, yeah, it's just like, I think like it would be devastating for whoever loses that game. Especially if it's the Bills, because they have had a history of losing Super Bowls. So, um, yeah, I think I think I think a lot of people that just love football in general would be very happy with like Bills, Lions, Super Bowl. Finally, one of these teams been around for a bit, gonna win something. I hope it happens. I let think me, it's gonna happen. Let me ask you these then, because this is a part of the you won't see the app because you don't have the app up. But the scores, I'm going to give the games. You just got to predict your scores, and then I'm going to ask you two questions after that. They're just quick answers with it. Score of the Chiefs-Bills uh, Chiefs game. You picked the Bills, right? I think you picked – yeah, you picked the Bills. Score of the Bills-Chiefs game. Can you give me uh, five seconds to look at the weather? No. <laughs> uh, I don't 30, even look at the weather. 34-28 Bills. Score of Detroit and Tampa. Uh, 27 to 18 Lions. Who scores the most points this week out of all the games? Uh, like, like total in the total in, points all out of all the teams playing. Who gets the most points? Oh, that, that, that Texans Baltimore game is pretty <laughs> intriguing. Pretty intriguing. I, for the sake of, of my entertainment, I want to see a shootout in Buffalo. I want to see Mahomes and Allen throw the ball downfield. I want to see Kansas City's wide receivers drop a lot of balls in that process, but I still want to see that ball get chopped downfield. And I want Josh Allen to run for two. I want him to throw for two. And that's what he's going to do. And I'm going to say Josh Allen is going to have whatever the over is on his rushing on Take that 365. You see that 50 yard dash that he had? <laughs> Guys, like two, whatever, 240, like six set <sighs> down the field. And that's so like, the game like, right like, there. What's that? So that was sealed the game right there, that one. Yeah. Who got the Bills with the most points? Who gets the least points this week? This is the last tiebreaker question on Yahoo that they ask. The least points this week. Love putting them on the spot. Makes people think. Love it. I'm going to say... I The Buccaneers. Good answer. Justin, who wants... Who do you... Actually, Dane, you choose who goes next. For your guys' pick them. Yes, because we're all tied. I, I've never had this. So I don't know who to pick to choose who goes who goes next. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Justin the spotlight. No, yes, I'm gonna give Justin the spotlight to go last. All right. So I'm gonna give you, Dave set the tone here. The regular season champ itself, very Justin, not me. Uh, the Texans Ravens. Here it is. 
Starting off with a bang. Texans over the Ravens. Taking it. Upset. Stroud. Going to be a high-scoring affair. The ride momentum. Every playoff needs a Cinderella story. And you'll see what I mean by that by the next pick. The Houston Texans will be the continued Cinderella story being the underdog and will move on. I got the 49ers over the Packers. I need the Packers' little Cinderella story. You always need, only need one Cinderella story in a playoff, and that's going to be the Texans taking it. And I think going to this game with the Niners and Packers, it can go two ways. One, it's going to be a tight game, or it's going to be an absolute schlocking by the 49ers. And I hope it's the tight game for the Packers' sake, and I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a good game. Packers got a bright future, but I'm taking the 49ers. Healthy teams, absolute dynamite team. They're at home. Can't pick against the Niners there. The Buccaneers and the Lions. I am picking the Lions, of course. Who isn't picking the Lions in this game? You're crazy if not. This team is hot. This team is for real. Spoiler alert, they are Super Bowl bound. I am picking the Bills over the Chiefs. Uh, this is the year Josh Allen does it. This is the year Travis Kelsey and the Mahomes and company are going to go take a little schnooze and relax and pass the torch. I have to repick a favorite for the Super Bowl in a winner since I actually thought the Lions were going to win the Super Bowl. But I did pick the Bills at the beginning of the season. And I have for three years straight now, but I'm not going back to that. I am with Dane Lions, Bills, Super Bowl final. And take a breath, Detroit. You're getting your Super Bowl. You're getting your Super Bowl because the Bills are going to lose again in the Super Bowl. I am sorry, Buffalo. It's just the narrative in Buffalo. The score: thirty-eight, thirty-five. Bills over the Chiefs. That sound familiar? Yeah, one of their games. Rewrite the narrative: twenty-eight, seventeen. Lions over the Buccaneers, and I think that's going to be the best game of the week by far. I'm giving the Buccaneers a little bit of extra love there. Most points you, of the week. Did you write that down? Before, like, the, you picked the same score as me? I picked 30. Did, did I not say 20, 27? You said 20, 28, 18, or you said 24, 18. No, 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 no. I said, I think I said, I think I said 27, 18. Oh, I said 28, 17, Lions. Okay, okay. Very close. Very, very close. close. And I have the Niners with the most points this week. Sorry, Packer fans. I'm pulling for you. Uh, the Buccaneers with the least. So the least points you're going to see this week is 17, obviously, given my score. And we'll see a final four of the Texans, Niners, Lions, Bills that will lead to the finals that we all want and need, baby. Justin, take it away. All right. All right. Uh, so I got the Ravens over the Texans. Um, I mean, I think Baltimore is just going to honestly smash them in that i mean houston's been pretty good but lamar's got something to prove now i think he's going for the mvp uh i've got the packers over the 49ers uh not brought mm. into the brock Purdy hype all year i mean if he wants uh to be hot a real damn. mvp contender then win the game hot damn um, but the packers tend to show up in uh some of the nfl what we what hockey fans would consider like an original six style matchup i consider the packers and san fran one of those uh in the football world i don't hate it i don't hate that pick even though i picked the other way i like that pick that's not a bad pick I mean, obviously, I got the Lions over the Bucks and uh, Bills over KC. I've been uh, saying all year that Kansas City's offense is overrated, and I continue that thought. Um, scores, Buffalo 34, KC 30. So not as overrated as I talked in my previous pick, still being able to put up 30 points. 
Detroit 28, Tampa 24. So going to be tight. Holy shit. We're close. Uh, All of us are close. A little, little nerve-wracking there. Close here. <laughs> um, most points this week, I got the Ravens. And fewest points this week, we got a, a home, uh, like a clean sweep on this one, Tampa Bay. Could be a lot uh, of scores this week. Hey, a lot quick, of got uh, of games. Quick note to add in there because this just popped up on my phone. Uh, Packers are keeping Mike McCarthy. You're not Packers, sorry. Dallas is keeping Mike McCarthy. Packers did not keep him, and that's how we ended up in Dallas. Oh, that means Bill or Jim is going to Atlanta. Oh, one second. I'm in a two minute warning's coming up. That is a stupid move by the Cowboys. Stupid move. But yikes, I'll save that carousel. Look here. This pick him standings, Justin. We don't know EJ's picks. He will have them in. He always does. But Justin and I have op- almost opposite picks on those two. This is going to be a pivotal moment in the pick em this year. This is the week where it's pivotal. Right here. It might come down to the last game of the year <laughs> where we're separated by one each and it comes to the Super Bowl. Excited. I'm mildly more invested in these football games just because of how close this the pick'em uh, standings are right now. Hey, so. man, the options there every year, and everyone in the group gives it the old dirty R and says, nah, I'm in too much fantasy, you know? You know, that's the faces we get, that face. Uh, again, great week in football coming up. Now, I don't want to dive in too much time. We're already a little bit extra, but there's a lot of storylines into these games. C.J. Stroud moving on, McCaffrey against the Jordan Love and the Packers. The Lions are a storyline itself. Bills, Chiefs times three cubed, whatever you want to call this game, wild matchups this weekend. A lot of notables that will be uh, definitely should be factored when you're watching your football this weekend. But I know Saturday, I'm very occupied Saturday, which upsets me, upsets me. But Sunday, I think, is the day to watch football. And I'm very excited about that, to be honest, watching the Bills, Chiefs, but watching the Lions box first and start the day off with the Lions. Look, Steeler fan right here. Steeler fan, I got the jersey right here. I am so on the Lions bandwagon. There couldn't be anybody else who is the defines bandwagon more. But give me that Bills Lions Super Bowl day, and God, that makes me excited. Makes me so excited. Give me all that. Might go to Detroit. No, it's not in Detroit. Can't go there to watch it. But we can go to Ford Field and watch the, the Super Bowl in Ford Field. I'm sure they'd be airing it if Detroit actually made it to the Super Bowl. But nonetheless, fellas, two minute warning. I'm at 44 minutes starting now. Now, two-minute warning. This is usually what EJ does. This counts my two minutes, saving time. But I'm going to give you a little bit of news and a two-minute rapid fire in the world of the NFL or in football. And I'm sticking to the NFL here. And I'm sticking to the NFL coaching carousel. You got Mike McCarthy, who Justin just announced that he is staying with the Dallas Cowboys. Dumb move by the Cowboys. I think it's time for change. If you're a Cowboy fan, disagree. So be it. At me. Tell me I'm wrong. But look, it's time to move on. There needs to be a change. You had some good coaches available. Belichick, Harbaugh, list goes on. You could have made a move, and that team needs a culture shift in the worst way. Teams that are looking for coaches, the Falcons, obviously the Patriots found their guy in Mayo. Love that move by Mayo. But the Falcons, Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, the Falcons are going all in on finding their guy. And Dane Hantro, who is a Michigan fan, you saw as a Michigan fan what Harbaugh can do with a program. And if you're a Patriots fan, you saw exactly what you could do when you have a quarterback named Tom Brady, a good pivotal quarterback, and just win multiple championships. Success builds experience. And Bill Belichick was successful when he was with the Browns as not a coach, coordinator. So 
Bill Belichick going to the Falcons, book it. It will happen. And the Atlanta Falcons, and as Dane has said off air, he owes the Falcons, does Bill Belichick. And it's time to get the right to ship there in Atlanta. They got a beautiful field. They got they got a team that could be if there's some reconstructive pieces. They got some pieces in there that could be if they meet their potential, such as Kyle Pitts, amongst others. This is a team that needs Bill Belichick, and I think the best fit. Harbaugh to the Chargers. That is what I think is going to happen. It makes the most sense. Michigan football, I apologize, but may not be the same next year. Where do you think the NFL coaching carousel is going to stop? Who's going where? Bill Belichick, Falcons, Harbaugh, Chargers, book it. That's two minutes exactly. I've never done that two minutes exactly. That's wild. Besides the point, as I toot my own horn over here, feel it, EJ, who also can't do a two-minute warning on time. Yes, he can. I'm just kidding. This has been the In the Pocket segment of this episode of the Game Sports Podcast. One hour and 46 minutes of content for you to enjoy here on the Game Sports Podcast as we took a holiday on Monday. Powered by 91N and sponsored this segment, this particular segment too, by SportsCenter Bar and Grill. Justin, Dane, any final thoughts before we uh, get to the conclusion officially? Justin first. Um, no, I think uh, I think it's going to be a pretty wild weekend of football we got coming up this weekend. I think it's uh, every game should be pretty high scoring and uh, going to be fun to watch. Hundred percent, Dane. Uh, if the Falcons uh, either get Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick, I forecast that in within five years we will be part of a uh, cheating scandal in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm okay with it as long as we win a Super Bowl. I don't care anymore. <laughs> uh, it's it's definitely what, something. What, what do you think the scandal would be in Atlanta? You know, we got the flake gate. We got sign ceiling that every college football team does. Yeah, Ludacris is hanging up from the top of the stadium stealing signs in Atlanta. Yeah. That's what's going on. I love it. <laughs> My last final thought is you Steeler fans and football fans out there that that uh, were upset about Tomlin leaving the podium, give your head a shake. Bow to you, Tomlin, for what you did this year for the Steelers. They would be nothing without Tomlin this year or what. But that's my final thought. What a fun time talking football. Dane, thank you for taking the time, my friend, uh, in substitute of EJ Russell. Thanks for having me again. Again, I I, I... – 95% of the reason I stayed on here was to see Justin's beautiful face. So that's fine. I'd just like to throw that in there. That's so nice. Look at that pose. Being a father has, has just done well for your complexion. That's just what I want to say. Yes. And he's got the one of the, the best backgrounds on the show. Uh, Justin, my friend, it's as always a pleasure. Yeah. Good to be here as always. Uh, good. The, uh, not much to vent about this week. Honestly, it was a good weekend to play off football. I mean, yeah. had we got a snowstorm, I'd probably be a little bitchy about it. But uh, no, <laughs> so, I mean, looking forward to this weekend. We'll see what happens. I'd like to see Mahomes get smashed again, maybe blow up another helmet. That's so cool. I lo- that helmet's going for $500,000 on eBay in the very near future. Is that a thing? eBay, Amazon, whatever the fuck it's going off of. Not- it was that cold. <laughs> Nonetheless, the Game Sports Podcast, again, powered by 91 and this uh, episode of the Game Sports Podcast, second segment sponsored by Sports Center Bar and Grill. If you're interested in sponsoring the Game Sports Podcast, you can reach out to us by commenting below or reaching out to our Powered By, which is 91NetworkSSM at gmail.com. It's been great. We're going to take a little bit of a breather. We only had one episode this week. Uh, we are going to be back on Monday uh, with the Game Sports Podcast. 
with myself and Dane and Alex with some more points. And there may be a little fun segment thrown in there from a recording with a certain someone. So keep an eye on that. And then we'll be back with another another Wednesday edition or second edition of the week as well. So we'll have two recordings next week planned. But until Monday, make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on all the platforms against sports podcasts. As I said at the beginning, there's over 50% of you who watch and listen to our views and comment and, re- and repeatedly like. And I know there's a few of you who've liked more postings more than 10 times. Yes, I can see that on TikTok. And you haven't followed yet. If you like it, follow it. Very simple. We appreciate that support. Until Monday next week, I'm here to remind you, keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah. <laughs>